Death Before Dishonor. Death Before Dishonor. <laughs> Music. <laughs> Pictures podcast where we're going to talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. <laughs> Settle everyone. And we are talking, we are in the thick of December. December, of course, where we talk about the two movies that New World released <laughs> with death in the title. It's an exciting themed month. Well, that's because we did, sh- we did, there were two more, but we already covered them. Yeah. Death's Port. Yes, true, true. And Death's that's true. Talker. The, the two we have left. But those so. weren't sure. about death. Those were about ports and talking. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. Go back and list those episodes. You'll find out we're absolutely right. By the way, I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. I, I just want to say again, for people who haven't heard this already, I loved Hunter, the TV series. And Erica. Oh, man. There's so many things that I would like to do before Dishonor that are not death. (laughs) Sleep before Dishonor. (laughs) Nap before Dishonor. Relax before Dishonor. They all involve sleeping and relaxing. You might actually do a little Dishonor before death, really. I'm not against it. I might fuck around and find out. (laughs) And of course, we have a guest for this episode. Joining us for this episode, he is a writer, actor, and impressionist. You've seen him on Scare Package, and he's also the co-host of the Canon Canon podcast, Frank Garcia Hale. Correct, us, Frank Garcia Hale. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello, uh, hello. Honored to be yeah. here. Thank you very much during Death Simber, uh, yes. the season, uh, the reason for the season, let's just say that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. This is the reason. <laughs> yes, true. This movie. And of course, we're talking about a movie that is as death as it comes. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about 1987's Death Before Dishonor. NBC Saturdays belong to Hunter. See the world premiere movie event that will launch an all-new Hunter series. I don't give warning shots. The deadliest killer oh, ever put away great. is out for revenge on Hunter. Showtime, gentlemen. Put him on the ground. This is gonna get bloody. Do it! And now, an all-new Hunter movie back in force. Okay, uh, see, sorry, that that's... is a badass show. That yeah, that is uh, really what I thought this movie was gonna be, and it, and actually, I think what it is. Uh, it's actually what I think this movie is, but let's let's play the other trailer. Death, <laughs> death before dishonor. Across the globe, our embassies are protected by the Marines. 
Men like Marine Gunnery Sergeant Jack Burns. A man develops instincts in combat. He'll just have to curb those instincts. Sent to a land of political chaos. Tell your terrorist friends this. Don't get us mad. They attacked his embassy. Kidnapped his commanding officer. Assassinated his men. This isn't your war. It is now. They thought the Americans were finished. We hadn't even started. Fred Dreyer. Death before dishonor. <laughs> That's right. 1987's Death Before Dishonor. Brought to you by Budweiser. <laughs> when you need to drink a lot of beer out of your combat helmet... There's nothing like the cool, refreshing flavor of Budweiser to mix with your head sweat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sweet land of liberty. It's like, it's like a Bud Lime. <laughs> that's what your that's what your sweat tastes like. A little all, bit of all, lime. All my jokes limey. are a little bit little bit late tonight. They're all going to be a little, a little late. Bit tart. <laughs> Uh, this is directed by Terry Leonard in his directorial debut. Leonard had been a stuntman and second unit director. Uh, up until this film, uh, his most infamous work being Harrison Ford's stunt double in Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, and therefore is the man who's dragged behind and underneath the truck in the film and then climbed onto the truck. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, Mark and I can attest, being a, being a little bit older than you guys, as two kids whose mom rarely missed an episode of Entertainment Tonight, this <laughs> stunt was covered extensively as one of the greatest stunts of all the time. They constantly were talking to people. So I remember Terry Leonard being, he was the guy. That's what he was. He became yep. famous for being the guy who pulled off that stunt. Um, he was also the uh, stunt coordinator and second unit director on such tiny films as Apocalypse Now, The Blues Brothers, mm. Conan the mm. Barbarian, Blue Thunder, Romancing the Stone, Red Dawn, and Cannon's Cobra. There you go. He also did second unit work on the TV show Hunter. NBC Saturdays belong to Hunter. Oh. Which uh, this this movie stars Hunter himself, Fred Dreyer, a former football player. Um, SD State. actor. San Diego State, yes. Uh, he was a star player for the Los Angeles Rams in the 70s and 80s, so much so that he was considered for the role of Sam Malone on Cheers. What? Yeah. Which ultimately went to Ted Danson. I think William Devane was the other third guy up for contention for Sam Malone. But Dreyer then would appear on several episodes as one of Sam's old baseball buddies. So oh, he actually okay. did make some appearances in the what show. What a stretch for him as a football player to play. Yeah, to play. Player. I know that's <laughs> the just, range. I know. <laughs> he was very confused on set. I didn't realize Ted Danson played for the Rams. So. This is all yeah. news to me. Mark's very confused by the entire thing. <laughs> um, this was actually shot during Hunter's Run. So uh, between series two and three of the show, which I forgot lasted until the early 90s. What? So <laughs> it lasted a long time. Yeah, it lasted seven seasons. Huh. NBC Saturdays belong <laughs> to Hunter. Uh, also, speaking of TV stars, this also stars Brian Keith of Family Affair fame who also was taking a break from his regular TV job on Hardcastle and McCormick to shoot this film. Um, Though apparently he didn't think uh, memorizing his lines were all that critical because apparently uh, on one of the uh, interviews, they said he he didn't really learn his lines all too well. And that was a little bit of a, 
That was a point of contention. I think that was one of the actors' interviews on the Blu-ray. They talked about that. Hmm. Uh, where you can watch this, this is on Tubi or Plex, or you can get the Blu-ray from Scorpion and distributed by Kino Lorber. That's what we watch. Is that what you watch, Mark? Uh, it's what I watched. And Frank, did you watch it on Tubi? I watched it on Tubi uh, with the awkward commercials that just cut in the weirdest po- points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm I like, love that oh, it always Charmin. shows you where that the, the commercials are coming, and you're always like, not here. Don't do it here. Don't do it. It's here. <laughs> yeah. It's here. It happens <laughs> a lot with the candy. I'm sure uh, y'all get it a lot, too, because um, a lot of the, the canon films are out of print. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, you can hear... Uh, I think I'm getting the cold that my wife and child had uh, last week. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, sharing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of that stuff is out of print. And so strangely, I don't know how the rights work or what, but for a lot of like these movies, you can find them on Tubi or Pluto. <laughs> and you're like, I don't want to watch the commercials, but this is the only way I can see this movie. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it kind of makes yeah. sense with this one, though, because I kind of felt like watching this, and I don't want to skip ahead, but I kind of felt like watching this movie, it felt a little TV movie-ish. Oh, I don't completely. That, I don't mean that to be dismissive, but no, I just yeah, felt I agree. Like, well, yeah, you don't want to dishonor it. We get it. You would <laughs> I'd rather die, dishonor die than yeah. dishonor this film. Yes. <laughs> no, so. I, I, I agree. I mean, one of the things I hated is... No, uh, Mark, the, it, we're done. <laughs> you're skipping. You're skipping. <laughs> Wait. Hold on. We have what? a routine here. <laughs> okay. But truly. Dishonoring the routine, Mark. Mark I, you should rather die than dishonor this podcast. <laughs> oh Routines. Let's get into what this movie is about. We need to find out what Death Before Dishonor is about. Mark, let's start with you. Here's what I want this movie to be about. Milton C. Hardcastle is a retired judge from the Los Angeles Superior Court. Mark McCormick, an ex-race car driver turned thief, was Hardcastle's last case. McCormick has been Mm -hmm. placed in the judge's custody, and together they're going after 200 cases that walked out of Hardcastle's courtroom on technicalities. Now that's a TV soundtrack I can get behind. That's something that yeah. uh, you yeah. know. You put that in a movie, I'm in. Where, where's that movie? I love that they were in this like, movie. Look, we're we're only going to run for 200 episodes. There's only 200 cases. <laughs> Easy, 200 in and out. Okay, that's it. Now we'll be out. We'll be done. We only can go 200 cases, and I don't have any more cases. We're out of cases. We done. can't do anymore. Like, done. Ryan, like this podcast, they found more <laughs> cases. <Okay? laughs> they found so many cases. Uh, Frank, let's go to you. What is this movie about? Uh, it's about the bureaucratic, know-nothing red tape that keeps our <laughs> wars from being won. <laughs> Everything's a diplomatic incident. <laughs> God. I can't Dude. breathe without it being an incident. <laughs> so true. God, so true. So true. It just turns its nose up at by the book. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. True. Take that, do-gooders. Yeah. <laughs> Follow, rule followers. Uh, Erica, what is this movie about? I mean, my, my main takeaway was probably that it's 
easier than I thought to drive a car and shoot um shoot a bomb out of like a missile <laughs> a launcher. Missile like, launcher, sure. Yeah. Somebody even call them missiles. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Missiles, bombs, bomb launcher, <laughs> missiles, driving, blah, blah. It's up to you. I don't know. It's up to you. Yeah. It's Words. What, what matters anymore? But um yeah. I always thought that sounded complicated, but this movie showed me quite easy. Quite so. easy. Quite easy. Except when it, you need to stop the car. Yeah, it's harder to explain harder than it to is explain. to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I felt like this movie was the actual origin story of Detective Rick Hunter. NBC Saturdays belong to Hunter. Um, hmm. Prior to... The only thing we don't mention, oh he doesn't mention in this movie, uh, other than the fact that, of course, he's going under a different name and has to change his name after the international incident that he gets into and becomes mm-hmm. Rick Hunter. NBC Saturdays belong to Hunter. He doesn't yeah. mention the fact that his uh, dad was formerly in the mafioso. He mentions that a lot in the TV show. That part of his career, <laughs> that part of his life definitely becomes a factor. But this part, he's not even dealing with it because he's with the Marines. He's with his guys. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to talk about that element of his life. But sure. uh, that's what I felt like this was. It's just the beginning. His of Marines, his guys. His guys. His guys. It's <laughs> just a bunch of guys just doing uh, Marine and Army stuff. <laughs> I don't know, here, there, and everywhere. Just Marine out. Just being guys. <laughs> Here's the uh, letterbox synopsis. Get ready for this because oh, this let's is. Hear it. My Lord, did they get into it in this? Um, we are on Letterbox. Follow us there. Frank, are you also on Letterbox? Uh, yes. <laughs> I had to like think about it because I haven't used it in a while because <laughs> I keep forgetting. Website. Very active, very active I, on Letterboxd. I, I keep forgetting that I have it, and then like I'll just like do a bunch of movie reviews and then just forget for like months. Yeah, and I, then I, just I, like I do the same fun. thing. Yeah, yeah. What? Like, that sounds like a fun like. Oh yeah, Letterboxd. Yeah, it's fun. It's like when you. It's like a step up from LinkedIn. You're like, you know, I'll update things. Yeah. Whereas LinkedIn, you're like, wait a minute, I didn't have that. I haven't had that job in 15 years. Kiss that LinkedIn sponsorship goodbye. Goodbye. They love to get in on the New World Pictures action. Um, Yes, we'll follow Frank on Letterbox. Follow us on Letterbox as well. Here's the synopsis that they offered. Gunnery Sergeant Burns reports for duty to an American embassy in the Middle East. However, due to the, quote, unlightened, end quote, views of the ambassador, I think this is the first synopsis that's talking shit about one of its own characters. (laughs) This piece of shit. (laughs) Dear Lord. Uh, The enlightened views of the ambassador, the Marine security detachment he's in charge of, is severely restricted in their functions and presence to avoid upsetting the the host government. I I don't remember that exactly, other than he was not supposed to engage at one point and he was asked to, like, he was just an observer and he wasn't supposed to engage when they stole the weapons. I don't remember them saying, don't you, you, you and your guys better watch it. Quit Marine. Do anything. Quit being Marine. Get out of here, you guys. No, they did. I don't remember that. Yeah, they said that they weren't allowed to do anything. They just had to stand around and watch. That was that was pretty clearly stated. That's why he went by his own rule book, Ryan. That's why he broke the rules. (laughs) Mark, did you write this? Did you write this in? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I thought that I, I thought that description sounded perfect. It was well crafted, well thought. 
It was brief, oh, no. yet, yet Mark, subtly detailed. Mark's mm-hmm. side hustle oh. is writing synopsis for Letterboxd. Here we go, Mark's oh. enlightened views. Uh, as a result, <laughs> when terrorists attack the compound, Uh-oh. they are able to kidnap hostages and uh-huh. escape with little opposition. True, um, true. Okay. All right. Burns mm-hmm. ignores the ambassador's restrictions and mm-hmm. throws the rule books out the window. Like I said. As he becomes a one-man one army with also several soldiers. A couple other people. Yeah, just a little bit Backing them up. Yeah. yeah. A one-man, one multiple man. Leading an army, let's yeah. say. <laughs> In an attempt to rescue the hostages and wipe out the terrorists. And there's a couple other scenes they didn't mention. So, <laughs> in addition to that, you know, there's a couple other moments too. I mean, that was the greatest wipe hits. Out terrorism. We're gonna wipe it out. We're wiping wipe it out. Wiping it out. Wipe We're it wiping clean. it out. We're, it's going with the rule books out the window. Out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Frank, we normally uh, have our guests like choose the movie, but we obviously threw this movie to you and said right. you got to come on and talk about this. And I think the reason is, is because this was a very canon movie for a New World Picture movie. And in fact, even the review, the 1987 review by the Washington Post said, called this the poor man's Delta Force. So I felt like when I saw that, I was like, I I see, I thought this had a very canon feel to it. It definitely does. We would call this a could have been a canon Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you All right. have you discussed this on the podcast? No, we haven't, but I'm excited to bring it to Jeff. because uh, <laughs> it's um I, I mean I doubt I'll watch this movie again. But <laughs> but you've it, already it, done the work. Yeah, you've already it, done the work. It follows the the template of a canon like army movie, but usually it takes place in Vietnam, and in this one he's a Vietnam vet. And something we say on the canon canon that's uh, pretty controversial, and no one has ever said this before, but we shouldn't have been there. We should have never been there. <laughs> so true. Um, it's so true. And funny enough, the guy who composed the music for this, Brian May, he's an Australian composer. He's n- most well known for doing Mad Max and Mad Max Two. Not the Road Queen uh, member. Not the Brian Queen. Not, no. Yeah. Not. Right. Not. Not. And, and not the queen of England. Queen. <laughs> right. Not the queen. The queen who's just passed. Also, she composed music for Mad Max. No, not the member, the guitarist for, for Queen. Uh, but he's a, d- a different man also named Brian May who wrote music. But he wrote music for, he wrote the score for this. Also, New World's Turkey Shoot and Missing in Action 2. Oh, wow. For yeah. Canon as well. Also did that score. So yeah, another, I, I mean, another it's... very Canon thing this is pretty canoning it it follows a lot of the beats of a military movie of canon but it's missing the golan and globus like batshit pitch Mm -hmm. you know where like all Mm -hmm. of a sudden they'll be like let's make sure that there's a robot in here who knows karate or like you know just for no reason Uh, there's a the 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 bad guy owns an octopus i don't know yeah no you're right you're right it's just missing that one thing a lot better i think would have been that yeah either of those ideas just a desert octopus yeah exactly because those mercenaries would have been like a lot weirder or something but like yeah yeah that's what it felt like yeah, but, the, yeah, the the bad guys that we get, which is also we don't not only get a terrorist group, but we also, yeah, there's terrorist groups, sure. 
but also these two other international, you know, yeah. uh, bad guys. Yeah, uh, they're from various mercenaries, places. Right? Yeah, mercenaries. Yes, and and they're really the bad guys that are really that we're also into. And they didn't give them a lot of weird quirks. I felt like. You know, like I wanted them to be a lot weirder, or funnier or something, but yeah. they, they kind of were just sort of both very, you know, kind of played the same kind of evil level. Yeah. Well, she, at one point she threw down a cat at some pigeons. So that's pretty. Oh my gosh. Evil. Yes. Oh, love that. It's one of my favorites there. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of when we introduce those two, we actually start this whole movie out introducing are two main groups of protagonists, one of which uh, is directly is direct. We directly see them because it's uh, you know Hunter and his and his and his gang, and then the other one is indirectly because um, we see the assassination of the Israeli ambassador and mm-hmm. his family. So we sort of get the second group of protagonists that we don't really get to know until the end of the film. They're sort of introduced there, but we definitely get to see our two main bad guys. The international terrorist we are speaking of, Maud, or Miss Winter, as she's called also, played by model-turned-actress Casey Walker, who, at the time, was married to writer-producer Lawrence Kubrick of this mm-hmm. film. So, And Gavril, the other the other guy's name, Gavril. Gav- That's one you have to look up. <laughs> Gavril. It was in our top five baby names. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For that year, so for that year, so, so big. close, yeah, big name, Gavril. Do you think she cut her hair for this role, or was that already? Oh. Did she walk on set with that already done? Because that's I, a bold. That either way, like, it's a bold move. Yeah, I feel like that's a haircut that, that she she got. She'd already been cast, and she's like, "Cool," and then she ran off and got it without them knowing. And then yeah, right. she showed up to set, and they're like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> oh." <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, we have to shoot this in a week, so let's uh, <laughs> let's go. I mean, we're here. We're in yeah. Israel. Yeah. Um, we only I have mean, three hours today. Know, Speaking of it, that scene with the amba- with the ambassador's family, were they? Did they have silencers on their guns? Because it was loud as shit. <laughs> It was loud. It was. Those were silencers, though, right? It was supposed yeah. to... It, but they not, were just, it was loud. Ryan, like anything, there are good silencers, and there are not so good silencers. I mean, there's yeah, a they... spectrum to the market. It's just <laughs> like, you can get shitty headphones that don't sound good, and you can get ones that are really great. There are so silencers you... that you're like, oh, I should have upgraded to the nicer silencer. Yeah, I should have gotten one. the Bose, uh, the Bose <laughs> silencer. The noise-canceling silencer is what you need. It's not a silencer. It's like a shusher. Yeah, it's a quieter. It's just a librarian. Yeah, (laughs) the librarian. (laughs) There's also a third antagonist in this movie, too, that we meet shortly after we meet our international terrorists, and that is our villain, Jihad. Welcome, Gabriel. Miss Winter. Your presence alone is an inspiration to our movement. Oh, right. Whose name is really (laughs) on the nose. I mean, it's so. (laughs) This jingoistic (laughs) film is just so like in your face with it where they don't even try they're yeah. not even trying it's right. just what being do we like name i don't know jihad. yeah he's yeah. just because he's they're jihadists like okay 
Yeah. Uh, who's uh, oddly enough, he's played by African American actor Rockney Tarkington. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think Jihad, they had no idea what that meant. Uh, they're not being that on the nose. I don't. It was just dumb luck. They found out the the writer of the movie found out later was like, "Oh shit, really? Oh, <laughs> now now I get why people were kind of making fun of my script." <laughs> oh god, it, wasn't god, this god, the god, only god. script that they wrote? Right, pretty much. Lawrence Kubrick was mostly an agent at first, turned producer, and then he wrote this script. And the other guy who wrote the script as well. He didn't write anything else. This is the That's only... That's what I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, John Gatliff. He, this is like his only credit, so... Right. I don't know how many other movies that uh, Lawrence Kubrick wrote after this, but not right. many. When you make when you make a mistake like that, you uh, <laughs> that kind of... That's the beginning and the end of your writing career. Like, it just makes you gun-shy. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. I, I don't know. You're, <laughs> not, uh, you're not bragging at the Kubrick family reunion, let's just say that. <laughs> Hey, Larry, uh, written any other scripts? <laughs> I've got a, I got one about a killer clown who's named Clowny. Because <laughs> he's think a clown. About, Get it? Think about how many years he went to holidays, family get-togethers, and didn't get that joke. He was like, I don't get why they keep making fun of my script. I don't get like, it. I think a, a movie about an evil clown named Clowny sounds awesome. I don't understand right. what right. the problem is. Um, like I said, this movie is shot in Israel. And um, I just want to quickly read a bit about it because I don't, I haven't done this in a while, but I have with me the Ooh. press kit for mm. Death Before Dishonor. Wow. wow. Um, wow. Here that I uh, okay. got, which I have not, I have Amazing. not done. I haven't done this since Dead Heat. Yeah. When I got yeah. a press <laughs> Dead kit Heat, for that. yes. Uh, but here is Joe what... Piscopo. <laughs> you know, when I do Frank, it's respectful, okay? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is what the one of the film's producers, uh, Frank Capra Jr., is one of the film's producers here. And he says that uh, shooting it all in Israel had added immeasurably to the ambiance of the film. I don't think we could have mm. ever recreated the same feeling anywhere else. It had to be shot on the actual locations. As an example, we opened a scene with a helicopter shot of the desert so that audiences could get a feeling of the harsh terrain. They can see the Jordan Valley and the and the Dead Sea and across all the way into Jordan. And I believe that's the opening shot. And they take their time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it is a good shot. I don't know if I see that shot, which is also like very reddish. I don't know if I looked at that and said, oh, that's the Dead Sea. That's Israel, right. that right there. That, and, it, and also, that shot leads into them being in Camp Pendleton in San Diego at the Marine Base. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was like a Tony Scott filter, that it was just kind of like the <laughs> haze or the look of that. And I, I didn't right. know that's what it was. Absolutely. And you there's no other shot like it. These helicopters coming in, these people jump out. We jump to the... To a ridiculous, almost like 80s 3D font of Death Before <laughs> Dishonor. Oh, yeah. That uh, font is something else. Did, did those people drown? They never get back to it. What happened to those people that jumped out of the helicopter? Yeah. no, We, I, we have the longest know. shot of, all t- of the entire movie, and they are abandoned in the ocean. The helicopters take off. <laughs> we never go back to it again. I don't understand. Yeah, I, it it huh. is it is my favorite scene b- 
because it's a great <laughs> shot. And then you're like, well, fuck it. We see what we did there. They jumped off. We don't need to. My get assumption back to that. was that they they jumped in the water and then they came up and because they're sneaking up on the base and because oh. but they're not yeah. wet. But they're not at wet. all. That's the thing. They're not. They should be wet. Then you would think. And we but... never see them get out of the water. They're so real I... seals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they were in the I... navy, maybe, but. <laughs> I also like in that 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 whole moment is like a a lesson about guarding the perimeter and keeping your focus. Lessons of which do not carry into the rest of the film. There is <laughs> right. none of, that does not matter. This whole opening thing you think is like okay, well these guys are going to really learn this lesson later and win it really <laughs> in real action. Nope, no, nope. nope. It's this a- is just to say no. we're training. That's all yeah. that scene actually does. It's also the simplest jailbreak too. Um, with as far as like, <laughs> there's like no, it, there was no guards, anything. Just like, yep, we got him out. <laughs> Easy, <laughs> yeah. And they literally never have to guard another perimeter. It's really not. In fact, then when they go to the uh, the fake country that they're supposed to go to, Jamal. <laughs> Uh, they actually are not supposed to do any guarding. They're not supposed to do anything. Nope. Just uh, observers. Just, just observers. observers. Um, there's a lot of characters in this movie. One might say too many. Um, <laughs> and speaking of somebody who's maybe too many, also entering the movie, Ellie, who's mm. played by yet another model-turned actress, Joanna Pacula, who at this point was coming off of a Golden Globe-nominated performance in Gorky's Gorky Park, was she a football oh, wow. player too before she switched to acting and, and modeling? She was not. Oh, okay. No. She, she didn't played play for the, for the Raiders. Rams. Normally that's the path. Model, yeah. LA Rams, actor. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> but she was also, uh, not only was in uh, Gorky Park, but in 1985. Uh, Gorky Park? Gorky Park, yeah. Gorky Park. Gorky Park? That's a real Gorky what? Porky. Yeah. Gorky Park. It Not pork. Like just... Gorky pork would. <laughs> Gorky pork. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> He's my new cartoon character. Gorky pork. <laughs> Gorky porky. He's just a little pig in a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but she was also in the 1985 romantic comedy Not Quite Paradise, released by New World Pictures. I only know found that out mm. because it's in the press kit. <laughs> wow. Whoa. So wait, oh. wait, wasn't she? Also uh, dating, um, oh pork? God, what's um, <laughs> Ted Danson? He's irresistible no. in that little t-shirt, know, Gorky Pork. So oh, Gorky Porky. Um, <laughs> she was dating. Um, oh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, we we Tim we covered. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna keep throwing Kazarinsky is. <laughs> um. She was in love with Sweet Chucks. Um, <laughs> Polanski. Oh, she did. Roman Polanski. Polanski? Oh, oh, wow. Mm. I don't know if that. Yeah, because I thought that's what I saw. You know what? I'm just going to go on here. Say somebody said it somewhere and I took it as fact. So, okay. I, okay. You know what? I'll, that's fair. I'll take it. We'll, we'll, I'll take hey, it. Hey, we'll back Absolutely. you up. Absolutely. Sure. You know what? I will fight anyone. <laughs> he would rather Just, die before I will he die before somebody response. dishonors your supposed fact. Correct. Thank you. <laughs> we got you on this, Frank. I will hang your tiny flag, <laughs> Patch. 
<laughs> at the top of my Jeep. <laughs> yeah. you, on your antenna. <laughs> I love that flag, but honestly, we can't get the radio station in. Do you mind if we take the tape and the flag? <laughs> can you take that off? <laughs> just the game can't is going. Can't I just want to hear. Like It's just very hard to hear. <laughs> the uh, anyway, she... she <laughs> Ellie is a let's get back to this terrible character. Ellie is a photojournalist who or is posing as a photojournalist who is a, supposedly sympathetic to the terrorist cause. And I was just like, I don't know how you guys I just want to see how you guys felt about her because I was not in to this character. No, it was not really uh Joanna Pacula's performance or anything. It just I was like, what why are we who is this person? Why are we following this thread? What do you guys think? No, I, I agree. I Yeah, because I, I kept being like, why is she there? And even when he was mm-hmm. asking, like, why are you here? And she kind of just gives the answer of, like, I'm a journalist. And it's like, okay, but why? <laughs> why these specific moments? And they right. never really answer that. And so, like, and you never get anything past that for the character. You don't really find out other than, like, at one point they, they assume that or they kind of hint at that maybe she had a relationship with this professor or whatever and then that turned out not to be true because he was a pedophile and that's Mm -hmm. how they figured her out so (laughs) and then then after that then it's like we don't really get much of like why she is infiltrating this or what the whole deal is and and just like well we don't have time for that let's just uh let's (laughs) move on (laughs) i mean they're holding off the fact that they play this like is she a bad guy or is she not to hold off the fact that they are that she's a Mossad agent, you know, right. secret agent, yeah, right, a terrible one. Mm-hmm. Also, no good reason why she doesn't come forward and just tell the Marines that they yeah. end up, you know, joining up with and helping anyway. <laughs> what was the whole cat and mouse portion? What was that about? I think I think it was only to introduce the character that we never meet, Hans Kruger. Obviously, the child of Hans Gruber and Freddy Krueger. And we never hear anything. We never learn anything more. The fact that she dated him and that he might have been a pedophile. There's a big Mm -hmm. moment where they reveal that he liked boys, young boys. And so that makes her a liar. And then the fact that she knew him, that they knew him, what role he plays is completely forgotten. And we move right along. But his name is dropped through the first 45 minutes of the movie in various scenes, and it amounts Mm -hmm. to nothing. Except for me laughing about this Hans (laughs) Kruger. Hans Kruger. This this specter in the wind. I'm in your nightmares, Nancy. Right. Just imagining him. I was walking around my office today. And Robert England. Totally. Just like, uh, (laughs) oh. Him walking around just being like, give me the password, bitch. You know, just thinking about how it. McLean. How... <laughs> uh, finally, we also need to get to Brian Keith, of course, chomping on a cigar. Because I think when you become a colonel in the armed forces, somebody, I think I heard this somewhere. So I'm going to take it as fact. Our cigars are just handed to you, standard issue. <laughs> Pretty much. Colonel. They pin the, the thing on you. They hand you a cigar. They're like, you're a colonel now. This yeah. is what you do. It becomes part of their food pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> slowly eats it. It's top. It's top of the yeah. pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> you start with a cigar. Yeah. Then you have a beer. And then you eat a steak. 
Uh, anyway, he lets he's the one who lets Hunter know that he and his crew are going to be assigned to Jamal, and uh, and their first assignment is to lose a load of weapons <laughs> that they've given to the Jamali army, and they do it very very well and very quickly, and it's great timing because uh, it's like half an hour in, and we need something to happen. Yeah. Yes. Anything. Anything. Please, anything happen. Oh, thank God they they are attacking and getting these weapons. Oh, wow. We needed something to go on. And so at at this point in the movie, I am I've gone into a deep wormhole of thinking about family affair and (laughs) like fucking how awesome of a name is Sebastian Cabot, the guy that played Mister French. (laughs) That is a fucking badass name. It is. It really is. Whatever happened to them? Like, what happened to Buffy? I mean, sadly, she died uh, of a drug overdose in Oceanside yeah. in 1977. But <laughs> do you know that they made a new Aunt Sissy <laughs> TV show? They shot episodes no. in 2019 of Aunt Sissy what? with Kathy Garver playing Aunt Sissy, like the one who played Aunt Sissy, bringing back a spinoff of Family Affair. Like where's that episode? Where's where are those episodes? Huh. Why have we not seen that? That's and, somebody and, going. You know what we need? Family affair. It's been too exactly. long. Twenty nineteen's the year we bring it back. <laughs> Release it. <laughs> next is. Uh, my three sons. We get that. We bring that back. <laughs> uh, one of the sons has to be alive. They have to be. I'm sure. Now that's a theme song, and that's uh, a theme song. Short and sweet. Uh, short and yeah, sweet. To I, the point. Um, I'm so glad they lost this because it also then gives us a big chase scene. Mm-hmm. And I admit, I looked at um, I looked at Roger Ebert's review of the movie from 1987. And he said that this sequence sets a record for the fruit cart rule, which is um, a rule that states that any car chase scene in a third world country needs to run through a fruit cart. <laughs> and he says this one runs, it runs in, in less than two minutes, it runs through two fruit stands and one fruit cart. <laughs> That's. And that was and a smoothie that shop is yeah. amazing. An amazing observation from the late great Roger Ebert. But like, <laughs> it really does. They run for and and also an outdoor like uh, cafe area mm-hmm. where people are just sitting. It just happens mm-hmm. to be. It's it's yeah. they're just, just a pop up, Ryan. It's a pop up <laughs> like a they pop-up. do. It's a pop up shop. It's a pop up. What's shop. funny about that scene too is that they were waving at him like stop, stop, even though he was coming at them very fast. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. They're like he'll he'll he'll, he'll stop. He just he'll doesn't stop. see us. He's coming at us at <laughs> hundred miles us. per hour. But... He doesn't see us sitting here. <laughs> yeah, he'll clearly. stop. He'll def- look. Well, now, now with the hands waving, he has to stop. <laughs> oh, oh, and we did talk about this. Is where it eventually leads us to the missile launching. And what I loved about that sequence is that not only. The whole time he only has a pistol on him, so he's been trying to take down all these terrorists with one pistol, and then he has a missile launcher with him as well. I think it's so a bazooka, he, actually, that he has. It's a it's a law. Is it? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And I know that purely from G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Footloose had a law. Anyway. <laughs> spent a little too much time reading the back of those cards. Anyway. <laughs> the uh, the point is, is that he shoots them while he's driving and he doesn't slow down. No. he do- You would think he could stop, aim. Nope. And so he ends up running into the car he blows up yeah. and has to bail out and jump off the bridge. <laughs> Which I I did love. I did love. He, probably yeah. my favorite scene there. It's probably my favorite moment. It's great. He's great at aiming a uh what was it again? It was a law. A law. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh he's not great at breaking. <laughs> no, yeah. right. No. Right. Yeah. Nope. He's not good. True. <laughs> mm. We all have our weaknesses. We all, it's just like a bad silencer or shusher. But you got to know our strengths and weaknesses. You got to know your strengths. Speaking of that action scene, though, um, from the press kit again here. Let's get to this press kit. Everybody wants to know. Um, This is a quote from the director, Terry Leonard. He, He says, this is not an action exploitation film. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, curious, curious sure. where he's going with this. The thing about this picture is that there is no gratuitous action in it. Everything we do means something. There is a definite story point to the film. And so there's a cause and effect relation to every piece of action. Agree or disagree? I'd like to, I'd like to, for him to explain the, the meaningful cause and, and act and reaction that I'm supposed to get out of, Attempting to drill someone's kneecap off and <laughs> drilling into a person's hand—that's not gratuitous. No, that's not gratuitous. That's not just, gratuitous. That's a means to an end. There. That's all that is. Right. Okay. That is definitely I, the screenwriter saying, "If this, then." Right. 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 That's it. That's it. Also, did it look to you like uh, what, what was it? The, the the sergeant that. That was kidnapped. What was his? What was his name again? That he was Sergeant going Ramirez? by. Sergeant Sir, Ramirez. No, I'm meaning Corky the, Porky. Yeah, <laughs> Corky no, Porky. No, not him. <laughs> Excuse me, Sergeant Porkington. Porkington no, Pork. No, Brian Keith's character. Sorry, oh, I'll cut oh, this okay. out. Colonel Halloran. Colonel Halloran. Did it? Did it seem to you that Colonel Halloran's skin resisted the drill bit pretty well? Because all yeah. that left was yeah. a divot. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, wow. He's got that big, a... leathery old man skin. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. They don't I'm make men like that anymore. didn't spin up and burn the drill out. Like the, <laughs> the skin of his hand is spin up it. Like... He, he, he should have used a metal drill bit. Because mm. those uh, are, have a little mm. spike on the end. And that'll go right. Uh, he was using right like a wood it. drill He's bit. He's doing a yeah. wood drill bit. Ah, got well, it. They, so it's, rounded, it's rounded at the tip. That's, they yeah. made the yeah. snide comment made in America before mm-hmm. they did that. Mm-hmm. And then he could have been yeah. like, that's right. And then punched <laughs> them. Yeah. We also then meet our ambassador, Ambassador Virgil Morgan, played by yes. Paul Winfield, who starred in New World's A Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich and was nominated mm-hmm. for an Oscar earlier in the 70s for his uh, performance in Sounder but was lately doing plenty of genre work. He was showing up in Star Trek two and the mm. Terminator. Yeah. And I remembered him from Mars attacks. Yeah. 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 The oh, Colonel yeah. Powell, Powell kind of character. Yeah. 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 He's done tons of stuff. Like he, he's, he's an actor. You've seen him in many, many things. Was um, he on chairs? 
What football team was he on prior to being in everything? Maybe he was on all the football teams. Just translated. He was on the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not 100, percent but I. Oh. I Somebody told somebody told me Roman Polanski told me that, so I'm oh, pretty got sure. It. Got it. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Uh, the ambassador really lays into uh, Hunter screwing up, and I was like, "Oh man, this is only the beginning for Hunter because <laughs> he pisses off every captain he's ever had on that show. They're always at loggerheads because Hunter Hunter just does what Hunter wants to do." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. NBC Saturdays belong to Hunter. The next screw up for Hunter and his team is that they tried it two ways of getting information out of Hamed, who works for uh, Brian Keith, and is like the worst again. Not as not the worst undercover agent we have in this movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> but the second worst. Yeah, right, right. Uh, because second. everyone knows this guy's up to no good. Uh, but anyway, they first try beating information out of him. We'll just hit him and keep yelling at him and he'll mm-hmm. tell us. Then they're warned, that's not going to work. You got to try something different. So then they pretend to kidnap him or, or rescue him, rather. Mm-hmm. They right. pretend to, to rescue shoot him. that guard, too? Well, that was actually James. It's one of the guys in there. So it's an all fake setup. I where see. They're, you know, I missed Because they're just yeah. trying to rescue him and they get him in the truck. And then they try to get information from him. And they still don't get the information yeah. of where Jihad is or any of that stuff. I was like, this is not going to be an easy episode for Hunter. NBC Saturdays belong <laughs> to Hunter. This. No. No. This <laughs> is. Quite the pickle. Putting in work. Yeah. This is a second act uh, commercial break. Probably not <laughs> where the commercial landed on Tubi for you, Frank. But No. <laughs> right. Uh, but I know enough about Lutu- Latuda. <laughs> no, you know plenty. <laughs> All the side effects. Yeah, I'm ready for it. <laughs> do you get targeted sometimes? You feel like when you see those commercials, you're like, "Who do they think I am?" Well, sometimes I'm like, "Is there something wrong with me that they know that I don't know?" <laughs> right. That's a good point. They're trying this... to tell you, trying to warn you. God, yeah. what if all those commercials are warnings and this whole time we've been like, <laughs> causes diarrhea and drowsiness. And then <laughs> look in the mirror like, <gasps> oh, next morning you pop the pill like, whatever. Oh, my stomach. Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'll just sleep with, I'll just sleep on a towel. <laughs> Okay, but if you are getting if you're getting your ass kicked and then a fake kidnapping and then you, they they reveal it's a fake kidnapping and they just shoot around you mm-hmm. with a gun, a real gun. Yeah. But at what point do you go you guys probably aren't really going to fucking kill me. So, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut cuz I think he figured that out I, I, like back when they were hitting him in the face. Yeah. They're like, they're not going to honestly do anything. And then they rescue him and he's like, oh, crap. Okay, well, it's not real rescue. All right, fine. Oh, you're shooting near my my head. Okay, I'll squirt out a few tears. I mean, you deserve it for shooting near my head. Squirt out. <laughs> you, think, you think he was like, he was like, that's pretty good. All that's right, that deserves a tear. Respect. You got I'm still close not gonna, to my head, but still not, not close gonna enough. Say- I'm not going to say shit. Still going to keep safe. my mouth shut. But I give you credit. That, that looks uh, pretty good. The next screw up, Hunter tries to save the colonel. And he fails, possibly, because he tried to like rescue him out of this compound and only brought a shotgun. Yes. <laughs> like, I will kill everyone. And then I will have to, I'll have to reload several times. 
he, he jumps down to the center of this building. Like, I just have a shotgun. It's I'm only gonna I'm gonna have limited range, limited amount of bullets. Yep. I'm gonna take everyone down with a shotgun. It's classic overconfidence of Hunter. And <laughs> typical hijinks. Typical hijinks of Hunter. <laughs> Absolutely. NBC Saturdays belong to Hunter. But of course he does not save the Colonel because let's save that for act three. Come on. Of course. We know we're gonna get there. We yeah. we got another couple commercial breaks. And what what's also nice about this movie is it doesn't give you it doesn't clearly state when you get to the different acts. You realize yeah. about midway through the act that you've moved into the next act. It's mm-hmm. just that kind of um careful pacing that this movie <laughs> <Yeah>. does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it's it, it, you you realize it's been escalating once they make the move to go to the next act. You're like, oh, okay, oh, we're okay, we're finally gonna make the move. Right, we're gonna do right. the thing. Got we're it. Gonna do oh, the thing. Right. Okay, that, exactly. I wonder what the past half hour. I wasn't sure where this is all going, but now I was now thinking I maybe okay, maybe you could it. introduce five more other groups that are involved <laughs> in this one situation. And maybe a couple more characters. I don't know. Throw some more yeah. people at us. Why not? <laughs> But again, Hunter always figures it out in the end. And this time he's bringing some help. Sergeant D.D. McCall. I'm kidding. No, the Mossad. Because, <laughs> because it's revealed Ellie is a Mossad agent. And she just told, never told them because reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Who has the time to tell the truth yeah. these days? Well, she, Frank, to be fair to her, she does get thrown in a cell because she gets found out for having a terribly unresearched backstory that we've yeah. covered yes on Hans Kruger <laughs> um, but this time it's going to work out because Hunter finally brings the appropriate amount of guns the appropriate gun I should say mm-hmm. and I love that ending uh, the ending crash they oh, yeah. shoot everybody oh, yeah and, th- and then he gets in the jeep and he takes after our two international assassins yeah and, or terrorists both and uh, it's such a badass way to, t- to take them out he launches the Jeep mm-hmm. and crashes on top of their car. And it's a bummer because it's the end of Hunter because he has to be dead, right? <laughs> like, he, yeah. Right, he, right. He smashes into their car, tears the truck apart. Not just their a truck. car. Yeah. He's jumping a Jeep into a flatbed semi-truck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, that, and tears the top of it off, yeah, the, the, it's, the semi. It's made of paper. Uh, it's made of paper. Never had an engine, which I could only, which means that they were doing Flintstone power to get that thing to move forward. <laughs> they were just kicking with their feet. Just yeah. come on, everyone, kick, kick, kick. Gave it a good push, this. and they jumped in, and they let the hill do the rest. <laughs> do your and, best, Hill. And uh, he hits that hill, thing. Take he the flips. Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> He, he hits that thing and then flips the jeep flips over yeah. several times and then lands and everyone then shows up and looks over like with a somber face like well he's dead because he should be yeah. there's not yep. a single way he, and he also never puts on a seatbelt right when he jumps no. into the jeep he comes in through the back mm-hmm. and they show him driving several times he does not have a seatbelt on and it's a jeep <laughs> he's yeah. dead yeah, I, I get that, but he played for the Rams. Yeah, so right. he right. knows how right. he knows how to how to take a hit. Yeah, that's right. Knows He's how to friends take a with death. <laughs> there you go. 
he's see he's looked he's looked death in the face or just the Oakland Raiders fans. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> doesn't somebody say in the movie death is a selfish lover? Mm. Yeah, when yes. you're as close to death as I have been, yes, you learn to embrace it. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe right. that is. Um, that is uh, the lady, the lady. Yeah, the short-haired, short-haired evil lady. Right. And she yeah. says that okay. as, as she lights a cigarette. When you are as close to death as I have been, you learn to embrace it. Somehow I can't get used to that idea. The closer you get to it, the easier it is. As she lights a cigarette and then clearly... Does not inhale it. <laughs> do, you, Ryan, see, do you know how to she, smoke that? Yes. She is close to death. She's Rich. not going to inhale. That mm. would lead right. to uh, eventual death. Well, the death. cigarettes are she not on top of death. the food pyramid for her. No. <laughs> She's just working her way up the food pyramid. She'll be in cigar, hopefully, at some point. But uh, Well, that's a scene that I loved, and that reminds me that I think it's time for us to talk about... Things we loved and things we hated. That's right. We're going to talk about the things we loved and the things we hated about death before dishonor. Frank, what is something you loved? Uh, oh, boy. Let's see. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think you, I mean, you meant we mentioned it. I think it's that chase scene for sure. That last scene is probably the best part of the movie. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you want from a former stunt man or like more set pieces like that. Mm. When you hear like, Oh, the, the John wick director is or a choreographer or stunt coordinator is doing the next movie or whatever. And you're like, Oh, you're going to get a lot more action scenes mm-hmm. from that. So it, <laughs> that scene kind of paid off knowing that, but then otherwise you're just like, it does feel like a TV movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't mm-hmm. get into that until later, but I, yeah, that's probably the best scene. Other than that, like, Maybe some of the lines, I don't know, like some of the like one-liners, but even that was like pretty scant. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you kind of brought up one of them. There's not a lot of like really memorable lines in it mm-hmm. that you they're like, oh, that that that's a killer line or killer moment, you know? Yeah, yeah, because there's that one where he goes. Uh, so much blood everywhere. Why? Why? And he goes, maybe because it's so cheap here. And you're like, oh shit! Everybody, <laughs> this bombing just happened, or this suicide mission just happened, and you're making a snide comment on uh, at everyone's expense. Yeah, too soon. Yeah, yeah, it's a little yeah. too soon. Yeah, insensitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a d- dishonoring quite a few deaths right there. Uh- <laughs> Mark, what is something you love? Um, I really i i <laughs> i loved the feeble, truly feeble attempt at sort of creating some love interests between Hunter and <laughs> is her name D? What is uh, <laughs> you mean, Sergeant D.D. McCall? NBC Saturdays belong to Hunter. <laughs> no, I'm saying uh, the the photographer Ellie. Yeah, the, Ellie. Yeah, I was like, so they they make sort of an attempt. Yeah, he yeah. he. She is at his apartment. He meets her for coffee, which that made me laugh because he sits down there. the The scene is set up where she's already sitting at the coffee shop. It's 
uh, overlooking the ocean, kind of right. up high. Uh, and he comes in he's, and he sits down. And it's obviously windy because some things are blowing around. Yeah. And he says, oh, it's really windy up here, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. I wrote that down. <laughs> I thought nice ad lib there, Fred. <laughs> nice, yeah, nice ad lib. Yeah, total ad lib. But it does. It's not even in character. It's just him observing, and you could see her look at him like, "What's a what? What was that?" That's what am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but it made me laugh. So, uh, yeah. Um, just, just for, he's a he's an improviser, Fred. You know, he's, uh, he's also not, a former he's groundling. Not. He was a groundling. That's right. And then a football player. Yeah, and a football player. And then he studied with right. Del Close, and then yeah. <laughs> right. You know, he was playing for right. the Rams, and it was tough because the games are on Sunday, and then he has to do the Sunday company. So that's mm-hmm. a pain in the ass. He's like, I got two sketches tonight. He never got into Maine. Uh, and he nope. was very bitter of the people nope. who stuck, you know, just kind of uh, waited yep. around. Yeah, God, I led the league in sacks, and I can't get on the main company. And I've got my hit character Gorky Porky, <laughs> which is a total ripoff of Gorky Pork. <laughs> uh, Erica, what is something you loved? Oh man, it's so cheese bally. I I really thought it was going to be just based on the the um you know poster on the box the box cover mm-hmm. uh i was like oh, oh boy this you is mean the poster be... <laughs> nah, poster box cover box cover box cover i like box this movie cover. comes in a box yeah <laughs> well i remember that vhs cover uh mm-hmm. quite well sure. the, visiting the video store as a kid and being like it looks scary because of the white eyes under the the cap that yeah, yeah. it looks like it's going to be this intense movie and i was like oh okay here we go and then it's kind of just cheese bally and over the top and i don't think i ever saw the vhs cover of this at a video store where it wasn't completely sun bleached (laughs) (laughs) i really don't i don't think i ever i'm laughing particularly hard because i think i saw that same box many times i really i can't i don't i just it it never scared me because i was like man that thing seen better days (laughs) (laughs) oh so true so true so you were saying though so yeah that's kind of what i ended up loving about it was i was like oh good i was almost like relieved in a way because i thought it was going to be more intense than it was Mm mm-hmm and so I kind of that was ended up being something that I really loved about it was I was like, oh, phew, you know, to I, I forget who said it earlier. I don't know. One of you guys. Roman Polanski, I think, said said it best. <laughs> said it, yeah. But said like you can you can kind of dip of in and out. You can dip in and out of this movie at any point, And you're mm-hmm. always. Yeah. Just. Yes. You're like, you don't miss anything. You don't you can kind of dip in and out. That's what Roman grab Polans- a snack, come That's- back in. That's Roman Polanski's quote about repulsion. Um, uh, the thing that I loved about this was we'd already mentioned it, but um, when Maude throws the cat at a group of pigeons, I mean, oh, that's God, yeah. that was just like, yeah. what? What? I mean, that cat was uh, terrified of them too because it did the like classic cat row, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just that's how they show like this woman's vicious. Mm-hmm. She, she has hates, no soul. She hates everything. She hates a 
she hates a species of bird that everyone hates. <laughs> Nobody's like, oh, pigeons, except for that lady in Home Alone. Right. She yeah. loved the right. pigeons. But, right. until, but well, we weren't there mm, yet. This was Home Alone, Alone 2. Two. Thank, Thank you. Lost in New York. Yeah, come Sorry. on. Sorry. Everyone's thinking back to Home Alone going, wait, Sorry, Home Alone? Home I don't too. remember a woman who loved pigeons. <laughs> Home Alone 2. Yeah. Yes. God, my yeah. mistake. I'd rather die before dishonoring Home Alone series. I think I'm probably going to have to just see myself out because I've made the ultimate Home Alone yeah, that's right. dishonor. That's right. Choice. That's right. We will. Well, we're. We won't be able to go to the convention this year. Nope. Uh, well, you will. I'll be dead. <laughs> You've dishonored it. I've dishonored. You've already dishonored it. Yeah. And uh, all right, so let's switch to things we hated. Frank, what's something you hated? I think. I mean, what you said earlier of just like. There are parts that <laughs> I wrote down, and I don't know what this exactly means, but I said, like, part of it felt like with the score felt like a Sherwood Shorts kind of, like, TV show. Yes. Like, it kind of mm-hmm. had this, like, mm-hmm. part of it, like, didn't match the military, like, yeah. weight that it needed because it just felt like it was, like, a temporary TV score or just kind yeah. of, like, yeah. you would see it on Mannix or whatever. Like, it just kind of mm-hmm. had it didn't have the the score it needed and so it yeah. gave it this yeah. kind of flat and it's weird too because the cinematographer too is like this really well-known uh cinematographer and second unit director or whatever and who's mm-hmm. done like big movies but then it just looks so flat don don burgess yeah yeah it looks just it just looks so flat like it just like yeah. there are parts of it where it did feel like because of the commercials too i was like well i feel like i'm at my grandparents house again and watching like t- anything that's on tv because mm-hmm. the internet doesn't exist mm-hmm. right right totally yeah, yeah mark what, what is something you hated um, one of the things that I really hated is that there wasn't more, uh, references. Like I didn't, I didn't get the same feeling of like Bill Davis in this movie, you know, the uncle who's taken on his three kids, uh, you know, he's, his, <laughs> his brothers mm-hmm. and his wife and mm-hmm. his wife uh, die in a car accident in Indiana. And I, in my mind, the Colonel was, uh, Bill Davis, you know, he had had this su- successful career as a civil engineer. Um, you know, some things hadn't really worked out well financially. He'd invested in Howard Johnson restaurants, which um, obviously didn't do very well. He didn't invest in the Howard Johnson hotels because he, of a, you know, he had a non-compete clause because of some civil engineering that he did with the Hilton family. Um, so when the kids grow up and they head off to college, he finally gets his solidarity back, his his chance mm-hmm. to be a bachelor again. Um, but he's sort of financially destitute. Um, you know, Mr. French has embezzled a significant amount of money. He had set it up. A, he had set up a shell corporation in Panama um, called Mrs. Beasley's Home Help Services. Didn't actually do any home help. But he was taking taking Bill to the cleaners, and Bill didn't realize this until obviously far too late. Um, so he decides, I'm going to join the military. That's where I'm guaranteed peace. He he needs he knows that the kids can't come back into his life as long as he's in the military, and he rises up the ranks extremely quickly Very because quick. of his years of being a civil engineer. Um, but that, that I, moment I like, then is that's crystallized when they try to drill in his hand and it just the drill bit won't even go. He's like, "This is what I've, you hated. I've seen I've, some I've shit. lost. This is, are you still on what you hated? <laughs> this is the I, longest. What is? Mar- you Mark, know what I hate? Mark is I hate doing the most extensive family affair bit. 
here's I, all I'm saying is I hated that this story was not included in Death Before He wanted Dishonored. more of it. the backstory uh, of the uh, Colonel. Uh, Right. This yeah. is it all the been... story of Family Affair. For Erica, who never saw Family Affair <laughs> yeah. and does um, not know what you're talking point. about. Yeah. Because um, I'm young. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I just, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff I missed. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, you know, I like I said. Including I think the Godfather the... movies. There yep. you go. Never seen those. <laughs> um, when, when the drill bit tries to go in his hand, that's when it does... I've raised three kids. Uh, Mr. French has ripped <laughs> right. off all my money. Like that's I've where taken it's like all my money. No, uh, this is need, this is like happen. this is nothing. This is actually what I asked for is for this moment right now. Mm-hmm. It, it makes yeah. it grounds me. It gets me it, back. This is giving. It me reminds life. me of of that episode when he brought the lamb home and Jody and Buffy <laughs> fell in love with the lamb. The lamb was only going to be there for a little while. But he comes home Man. and they are loving the lamb. How and much family say to affair Mr. did you watch did, uh, after that's, watching that's this pretty movie? Deep, you yeah. just went on like a deep dive. <laughs> I, I might, I might have picked up a couple episodes because I really thought if I could watch a couple episodes of Family Affair after watching Death Before Dishonor, I could mentally merge the two together <laughs> into <laughs> one and epic. You have. And you epic have. Epic family affair You've universe. You've succeeded. Coming, I think coming fam- this fall on on Aunt Sissy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Erica, what's something you hated? I think it was just a little too long. I don't know what the runtime was. Maybe, yeah. it, maybe it, it it just felt long at times. It's around. It's a little ninety plus minutes. Yeah, but, which isn't a lot, right? You know, but it just I don't know. There were some dips. Yeah, there were some yeah. just slow moments where I felt like, "Oof, can we pump a little action in here? Some buns, a titty, like anything." <laughs> I mean, I I don't know how it was. Go, it was very titty free, but yeah. yeah, I just thought there was know. one moment where Ellie was just like laying on her bed with all of her photos in front of her, mm-hmm. and she's talking on the phone, and she's wearing oh, right. just like a like a button up yeah. shirt. And that was as close as that's they it. came to like yeah. a little, so, yeah, which just, I was like, what is she doing that day? And she's just like hanging out on the bed with all my photos laying around answering the phone. Like, okay, <laughs> what was that? That's an odd. Isn't odd that what photographers that. do? Yeah. Make okay, calls, I think that's laying in bed on all your photos. Like, oh, I'm an artist. <laughs> Obviously, you haven't hung out with a lot of photographers, Ryan. Nope. Because otherwise, otherwise you would know. <laughs> For what Roman Polanski tells me, that's what they do. I uh, This is maybe the first time I've ever said this about any of the movies we've talked about so far. But the makeup in this movie is terrible. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. It's point. so bad. It's uh, awful. And I don't know whether it's it's just the, the fakest, fakey mustaches that they have mm-hmm. to the brown face paint that they put on people to make them look you know, yeah. like they're from the Middle East. And I'm not just talking about Jihad, the character Jihad. But also, there's a guy that he meets who in a car, and they clearly have, have put brown uh, makeup on his face to make him look like he's from the Middle East, and it's coming off on the collar of his oh, white no. shirt. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is this is really <laughs> and the bruising awful. going back to the the to bruising, the, the yes, bruising yeah. on the hand drilling scene, the bruising on the other guy, the, bru- just looks the other guy horrible. who's sitting on the chair. It, it looks like the wor- it's like they don't they didn't really have a full makeup kit. Yeah, it was like a high school production of <laughs> you know West Side Story, and they're like, oh no, yeah, like where some you know ninth grader did his own makeup, and clearly like Brian Keith could sniff it out because he has like a tiny bit of a bruise on his like cheekbone maybe 
because he was just like just do a little something and just move on yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like i don't i don't don't do much because yeah. it's i mean no offense to whoever did this but man it is it just looks awful no offense the, it looked horrible i mean this just has <laughs> low it does have like a real piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> Make a person's listening like, geez, it's in my best. Yeah. They're like, oh, I, can't I did wait make to- up for this movie. They're going to talk about it. I can't yeah. wait to listen. No, <laughs> Erica, you bitch. <laughs> Why don't you take your gorky pork and get out of here? You should have seen the makeup I did in gorky pork. Um, <laughs> Also, kind of a really unsatisfactory end fight with Jihad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Hunter comes out and they like tussle a bit and they fight. And then like he throws a knife and then mm-hmm. it, it hits Jihad in the stomach. And then he like kicks him over the side and he falls into a nearby trellis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was, well, you know, yeah. because in the compound they're like. You know, it looks nice to have Ivy grow up on trellis. You know, I mean, you know, like, let's have some ambiance here. Desert Ivy. Uh, Grows really well there. I did that trellis. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) Clearly just something there for him to fall into, but has no natural place in this environment. But anyway. I feel like. It's just a bad. That's what made it feel long, too. Because then that fight scene ends and you're like, oh, it's not over? Like. (laughs) <laughs> well it is over it's like it's so fast and he like, falls over and that's like that's it? it that's the end of our that yeah. guy i don't know i was like Roll credit we make up us. for it with the sort of jump onto the the international terrorists and jumping onto their semi truck and a lot of the scenes are like they're just shooting and and you just get a lot of guys then just like jumping and explosions that <laughs> seem to be like they just that's also a thing where I feel like it felt a little TV movie-ish because those are like stunts you do a lot on TV yeah. movies that seem to like feel like it yep. ups the the, the mm-hmm. production value of just guys like jumping off a tower yeah. and falling down. Yeah. Clear, clearly something below them. But, you know, those kinds of things where it's like, yeah, hey, look, we had people falling, stunts and explosions, people jumping from explosions. But it just didn't feel like, you know, like you didn't feel in the action. You didn't feel like yeah. a part yeah. of it. All right, let's get into our favorite scene. Marcus sort of mentioned his. I think I mentioned mine. Frank, what was your favorite scene? Oh. Um, favorite scene would have to be the cat and the pigeon. <laughs> yep. That's a good one. Good choice. Because it's so good choice. confusing. I mean, it's like you want to show how bad she is. But then the sound that the cat makes, it's like, oh, it's it's either got hurt when she threw it down, then negating the whole point of her throwing it towards the pigeon, or it was scared of the pigeons and mm-hmm. made that sound, or they didn't, they just didn't think about it and they just put whatever sound effect to <laughs> indicate that the cat um, is on Protect the Attack the birds, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and choose C. I think that's, that's probably the right answer. <laughs> they had to cut that scene out. The MPA wouldn't allow it. Um, There's a whole Milo and Otis situation. They had to go through so many different cats. It was a whole 20 minute sequence. Um, Erica, what was your favorite scene? Um, I kind of had two favorite scenes. One I've already mentioned, which is shooting the law. Miss mm-hmm. Elantra Law uh, mm-hmm. while on the bridge and then <laughs> crashing into the car that you just blew up and having to <laughs> aban- then abandon the whole situation. <laughs> My second favorite, and I don't know, having a family and being a parent, I probably shouldn't have liked this scene as much as I did, but when 
the ambassador's family gets killed. <laughs> I thought that scene was hilarious because that poor kid, he like goes to check out a noise and then gets blown away. And the yeah, family's yeah. like, oh yeah. God. But you see him in the background get like just blown away by their shock. I can't remember. Do they have shotguns, machine guns? They had machine guns with machine the silencers guns. on them. That's right. With the yeah. machine guns, very yes. light sound diffusing silencers but then like the ambassador runs over to just his gun cabinet that's just close to the dining room table which (laughs) i found hilarious that it was just like right there right there yeah but it ends with just wine spilling Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was like what is happening the blood spilling that's right it just it was a damn mess it was (laughs) well that's my favorite scene i think that now that i'm saying it out loud i like that one more than launching a missile while driving one i i also liked was the uh is the scene where they drill into the hand but also like the and i i mean it's sad to, to, to to say this a little bit about the other not the colonel but um i believe sergeant ruiz Whose right. big plan to try to escape <laughs> to grab the drill, drill one dude. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a room full of people with machine guns on you. Like the fact you even got to drill one guy through the heart is amazing. <laughs> like yeah. that's like what is wrong with everyone? That's also, what I would like, find <laughs> odd. Just that guy's skin that he was I know. able to drill yeah. right through. through. It was like, and again, without a metal drill bit. Anyway, I don't want to yeah. keep on harping on that, but you know he does that, and then he he punches one of the guys. He punches Gabriel, mm-hmm. and then they shoot him, and then which is like you know, of course, obviously it's sad, and he's you know. A soldier or whatnot, but like they shoot him and then he still has time to grab his cross <laughs> yes. and give, kiss. Kiss, give it a little kissy well. kiss and then put it down and then he's still not dead. So so I think it's Gabriel has to take a pistol and then shoot him. He's been shot with like 30 bullets from a machine gun. And I'm just like, this this is pretty that's pretty ridiculous. They it's it's of that time where it's like, of course you're gonna get a jingoistic film, but then also you have to have a Hispanic character in there who's very religious and even <laughs> says pendejo when he co- gets up to attack them. Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 off the if all the canon films. I'm sure you, I'm sure you have uh, seen this a lot where there's like always like the the broad stereotypes that they have to hit. Of course, each, yep, yeah, yep. <laughs> from that time that that time of the late seventies to the uh, now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> into yeah, it has not gone away. Yeah, <laughs> we have not retired that. People nope. seem to still think that's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, but that 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 scene was pretty ridiculous. Uh, Mark, we got to your favorite scene, right? We'd already mentioned. Yeah, that, but right? I, I, if I could throw in just one more, and I'll be really quick about this. Sure, I did find Please, it hilarious when. <laughs> Well, yep. If you stop interrupting me, I will be able to get this quick. Fast. <laughs> already Mark, too long. Already Jesus. too long, Mark. <laughs> the scene where they where they are attacking the palace and they set a bomb on the front door and they hide behind a little two foot wall. There are people <laughs> up on turrets at the top yep. of this mm-hmm. palace who could just look down. Uh, first of all, why is that wall there? That's like something that at your house you keep saying to yourself, I got to take that down. <laughs> and then one day you realize like that thing that you didn't take down caused a problem. And you think oh, I should have taken that down. I knew it was going <laughs> to cause a problem. And I should have taken it down. Yeah. 
They have. We didn't need that wall. A, Everyone told just, me. Yeah. <laughs> Even Everyone Roman me. Polanski was like, "We don't need the wall." Yeah. Yeah. Why do we have? Why is there this tiny little half circle, two foot wall? And how do they think they can hide behind it when the other guys with guns are fifteen feet above them? You're you can yeah. never hide behind a two foot wall, but <laughs> it worked. So it's a cloaking wall. It's a cloaking wall. <laughs> yeah, it's a cloaking wall. So best lane players lo- sometimes they work out. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a lot of that with those guys, Masai guys, where they were like, they jump down off a high wall and then roll. And so clearly making a lot of noise. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like if you're trying to be yeah. sneaky, that's, you didn't do it. Yeah. You jump down, you fall, it's on, you know, it's on sand. We can hear it. It makes a bunch yeah. of noise. Anyway. Let's get into our final questions. We don't have many. A couple quick final questions for Death Before Dishonor. The ritual where the two young Marines earn their wings and have the rest of the squad punch the wings into their chest. Mm-hmm. Um, was was that also the ritual whenever a kid was given a pin from an airline and they visited <laughs> the cockpit? <laughs> they had to change it. They had to change it. It yeah. used to be. Yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah. what I thought. I thought somebody told me that. Because um, kids are fucking wimps. <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't handle it. Here's the cockpit. Also, yeah. gotta toughen you up a little so bit because you're a fucking wimpy ass kid. Ruined it for the rest. <laughs> um, I once went and visited the front cockpit. You uh, of a plane, Ryan. You came with me. Actually, I don't know if you yeah. remember this, but the pilots let us come in, up to the cockpit, and I wisely they asked did. the pilot, "What happens when something goes wrong?" And the pilot answered, "Something goes wrong on every flight." And that yep. did not oh instill upon me a lot of trust in that moment. Because mm-hmm. he was then like, nice to meet you, kid. Go back to your seat. And I yeah. thought, he was like, I told shit. him something really wise. It's going to calm him down. And instead, you're like, every single flight we've been on, something has gone wrong. We could have potentially died in every single flight. And nice. I was, meanwhile, behind you and just kind of looking around going, it's not as cool as I thought. It's kind of claustrophobic in here. Right. <laughs> kind of want to go then, back and, and watch a movie <laughs> <laughs> right 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 whatever movie that they're showing for everybody because this is before you yes. right. little monitors yeah <laughs> like well the, the i guess one we're movie watching that, on golden the, pond again <laughs> unless your mom doesn't wake you up <laughs> still bitter <laughs> okay um the old jamali it's <laughs> a true story uh, <laughs> the old Jamali guy who finds the like marine pin on, in the sand, mm-hmm. he's also a fruit vendor. Yeah. Is that the only job in Jamal? <laughs> like, is it just that's a, it just yeah. nothing but fruit well, and vegetable vendors? No, because then you have the ivy tenders who take care of the <laughs> ivy that's growing. Okay, all over okay. the place. Yep. The coffee pop-up shops. Yep. yep. Coffee pop-up shops. The makeup um, shops. Cat herder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dead pigeon cleanup. Dead, okay. Because that's what, like, what is in Jamal? What, 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 what jobs are there? It just doesn't seem like there's a lot of jobs for people. Hmm. Well, he went undercover, right? Because that was the, yeah, the leader of the Mossad, right? No, the old, that's the old, this is the old guy that comes up and tells him where all the, where the base is. Yeah, then that's what I thought. And, what, was he not, I, maybe I completely misunderstood that part where he, I thought he was the, the fruit vendor. Cause I thought like towards the end when he, they reveal. Oh, maybe. Oh. Cause he has the fakest 
gray haired wig and the fakest right. gray mustache. Shoot, right and I thought he was you like, maybe right. I, I, I may have missed I'm, that. Yeah. Now the movie's a thousand times better, if that's true. <laughs> well, I don't know about a Now times. it's really good. Now it's, I don't know, it's earned You're an extra on eBay now getting that Blu-ray. <laughs> now that he's done all this, what's next for Hunter? <laughs> Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that there's an episode of Cheers coming up, and that's, that's what he's going to be looking forward to. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Hunter would have even gone on had he not um, fought them about money because he kept wanting more and more money. Because I think we're forgetting how big a successful show Hunter really was. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely it forgetting it. Yeah. Because I never <laughs> knew it to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. All right. Let's get into some quick research. This was made for $5 million, partly mm-hmm. or actually, I think mostly funded by Balcor film investors because they hold mm. the copyright, which you which you copyright hounds would already know. Oh, you know I know. <laughs> it's just me, copyright hound. <laughs> uh, and you NWPP VIPs know from our pretty smart episode all about Balcor film investors. We mm-hmm. went into that. It basically nearly made back that money domestically from the information that you can find online almost made just under 5 million. I don't know what it made internationally. And I don't know. I, I know it went, I know it was, it was shown overseas. I just don't know what it made overseas or if it made a whole lot. I think it probably made most of its money on video. That's yeah. my guess. Of course, this is based on a actual 1983 attack on a Marine base in Beirut, which killed Marines and French forces that were part of the multinational force in Lebanon during the Lebanese civil war. The uh, terrorist group Islamic Jihad claimed responsibility for this. And so does that maybe mean why they named the main terrorist Jihad? I don't know. Um, and that scene where they see the am- the embassy and they see the smoke rising is exactly like a shot that they had of the uh, bombing in 1983 in, in Beirut. Just so, coincidence. Just, I don't know. Uh, I think they're pretty on the nose in terms of using that as a... Uh, they kind of say, like, we insp- we use real events to inspire the movie. I'm like, well, you specifically used a lot of this. Yeah, um, Jeff and I always talk about in canon films whenever it makes us, like, upset when they use real footage of, like, yes. real things that happen, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. for the yeah. purpose of their dumb Vietnam movie. And you're like, please, you don't have to do mm-hmm. this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. The other movie that we talk about in December also used real footage mm-hmm. from World War II and it was Ugh. like you don't we don't we don't yeah. need it. Yeah. We don't need it. Yeah. They had really good makeup artists on that movie though. They did. <laughs> really? Much better. Much better. Yeah. Much better. <laughs> this was released February 20th, 1987 following January's for New World, Return to Horror High and Wanted Dead or Alive. Uh, and a week before New World released Robert Altman's Beyond Therapy. So that's where mm-hmm. this falls in wow. the New World calendar in the terms of canon schedule. Oh, this there's probably like uh, 500 movies in 87. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this was released a week after Over the Top. Nice. And oh, a week wow. before Number One with a Bullet. Oh, oh wow. we haven't watched that one yet. Yeah, so canon just let, let New World take this weekend. 
They were like, we can't compete with Death Before Dishonor. There's one for you, Corman, yeah. <laughs> um, a quick little fact I found out from the press kit. Uh, writer-producer Lawrence Kubik, as I mentioned, was an agent, and he put brokered a lot of deals before he went into becoming a producer instead, including, I think, um, the uh, Rocky and One Flew Over's Cuckoo's Nest, and also Piranha. <gasps> yeah, Piranha. also listed as one of the films. Yeah. He had actually like was an agent. He was, I think, he was like an agent for, or it says he guided the careers of Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Peter Fonda, among others. Among others being Tab Hunter from Oh, oh Sweet Kill, yeah, from Sweet, Sweet Kill. Kill. And before all that, he was a tight end. <laughs> That's right for the Los That's Angeles right. Rams. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, we, we mentioned a little bit the DP Don uh, Burgess. He went on to films like Forrest Gump and Castaway and other films that didn't have Tom Hanks in it, but also <laughs> New World's Under the Boardwalk. And he's still working today. He was the DP for both the two Santa Chronicles movies that are on Netflix. <gasps> wow. Um, however, director Terry Leonard did not direct again. This is his only directorial effort. Uh, he says in the Blu-ray that he was offered a bunch of B-movies after this, and he basically said he he wanted he wouldn't make something that his family wouldn't be proud of. He said his parents were alive at the time. He's like, I don't want to make a movie and 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 not be able to invite my family to watch it. He so my he turned, family hates bees. I don't want to make yeah. these movies. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of like there was a lot of honey involved, um, <laughs> and so he said he turned all of these movies down. And he said, you know, everybody was saying you got to pick some, you got to grab something and keep the, the directing career going. And he said, yeah, he went right back to second unit directing and stunt work. And uh, in fact, the next movie he works on afterwards is he directed second unit and did stunts for 1987's Dragnet mm. and <laughs> No Man's Land starring Charlie Sheen. So <laughs> he, he just went right back to it. Wow. Um, I made so many decisions that my family's not proud of. I don't think it would have mattered. <laughs> Yeah. B movies, they would have been like, whatever. That's yeah. just her. That's just add it to her the done. pile. Yeah. Just add to a list of disappointing things she's done since birth. <laughs> um, Dreyer's uh, leading man cinematic debut here um, did not lead to more starring roles, but uh-huh. he did return to Hunter and Hunter TV movies in the 1990s, like we heard earlier. Mm-hmm. And there was even, speaking of. Uh, reviving series there was a short-lived hunter revival in 2003 Hmm. Um, really and they did like i think maybe five episodes and then (sighs) didn't continue mark immediately googling it oh my god oh my god 2003 (laughs) plus hunter plus uh, revival god jesus he's still adding plus 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 mr french plus Plus, mrs beasley plus (laughs) Your search history is weird. Um, but he's still working today. He he still does. Uh, he actually does do a sports show. But on top of uh, that, he also does acting roles. He was uh, on an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he was in the 2018 Transformers movie Bumblebee. So still at it, Fred Dreyer. Man. Good and, for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So awesome. that is it. That's it? That is it. We're done. Frank. Wow. Thank you wow. for joining us for Death no. Before Dishonor. We did it. USA. Thanks for having me. Oh, my we gosh. did it. These uh, colors don't run. <laughs> <laughs> Never should have been there. 
Never should have been there. We never should have been there for this movie. <laughs> so tell us, hey, uh, what else is going on? Frank, tell us what's also, what's also going on with you and the Canon Canon podcast. And, and Frank, just Frank alone. And yeah, Frank alone. Um, <laughs> the Frank Stallone story. Um, <laughs> Frank Stallone. Yeah, um, yes. yes. I. <laughs> thank you for writing that out in the air. Yeah, thank you. That is <laughs> that's great for podcasting for it me. Is. To do. <laughs> uh, minority Report kind of STAL yep. and loan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Canon Canon right now, if this comes out in December, right? Yeah. 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 December. Uh, we're doing a Shane Black Christmas. We're nice. all mm. December. We're doing Shane Black movies that have Christmas in them, which is most of them. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. Take your pick. Yeah. We, we're going into our third year, uh, this January and, uh, we're out of ideas. So we're doing a lot more of the... <laughs> The, the the deviations, you know, the, the sure, special yeah. months and stuff. Sure. Uh, we did Carpentober and uh Argentober the year before and Yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna uh J C V D U lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just stuff like that. Um but other than that, like I'm uh there's a new movie out that um my friend Noah Segan directed. It's his di- directorial debut. It's called Blood Relatives. It's on Shutter, and nice. uh, you can hear me throughout the movie playing a conservative radio like uh, talk show host uh, <laughs> that just kind of spouts conspiracy theories, and it's kind of a runner throughout the movie. Cool. Uh, so very you can hear cool. me in that and check that out. He worked very hard on it, and it's uh, I think it's great. And and he's um, been on the podcast, of course, many times as well, Can and Can, especially all the yeah. Death Wish movies. Yeah, he uh, we did Scare Package or our segment for Scare Package mm-hmm. together as well. Um, he directed it and we co-wrote it. Um, and yeah, you could just see me perform around town. I'm back in the improv <laughs> in sketch game, I guess. Um, yeah, you could catch me at UCB Theater here in LA doing a show called Elefante, uh, probably mm-hmm. once or twice a month. Nice. Uh, which is basically the new Ass Cat, I guess, if people remember that mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. from the Heck old yeah. UCB. You bet. Um couple of couple old improv nerds here, so we're right. we're right there with you. Oh uh, yeah. So then yeah, uh, y'all did Second City? We did um yeah, and um and IO? Chicago. Mm-hmm. And okay. IO in Chicago. Did you ever do Annoyance? Yep. Oh wow. I so took did, uh yeah. classes with Mick for about six months. I I I I, I hung out with Mick a couple of times in New York when I lived there. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's, a character. he's a character. Yeah, yeah. We would um, do class and then like go to a bar afterwards and hang out, and he yep. would try to goad us all into playing pool with him so we could kick our asses because he's very <laughs> good at pool. Um, <laughs> but that's all I have going on right now. Uh, yeah, I wish I had more to talk no, about. But well, that's you're that getting sick. That's you're great. Getting you're sick. currently getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. Coming down yeah. with an illness. Coming down with a cold. Yeah. So there's that. And. Again, For anybody who wants to come around and get it, catch it. <laughs> sick <laughs> before we're dishonor. Catching, we're catching yeah. <laughs> sick before dishonor. Thank you, Frank, for coming yeah, on no, the show. Yeah, Thank you so, so much. This Please check out Frank and all those. Um, scare Package. Also, uh, check out Blood Relatives on Shudder. And 
course, I, like I said, the Canon Canon continues on every week. You guys are doing like us. I think that's why yeah. uh, I really enjoy your show. Is like you guys have such a we have such a kinship because we clearly decided we're going to talk about movies from one company. And, <laughs> and then after a while, you're like, oh, shit, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. Yep. Yep. And Pretty much every to, day. What I loved about the what you guys did, I think it was like in August, right, where you, you went to Austin Trunick and he just yes. recommended all the – and you went down some, some roads you have not gone yet. Yeah, I, I think for 2023, we're going to just – take the movies from Austin's two books and just be like, we'll cover these. Okay. Cause like, we really are like, we don't know where to go from here. Cause we've, you know, covered most of the big ones and sure. You know, we're, uh, men of a certain age who, uh, are in arrested development and have nostalgia <laughs> blinders on and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we that's, it. we feel the same way. Like we're sort of like, look, we, we this is what the podcast is and yeah. some months you know we're gonna talk about some movies that you know i don't know if you know any of these but right. you know we're talking about them we're like hopefully you'll just be on the ride with us anyway you know yeah. regardless of the movie you know and i'm sure that you i think we have some crossover fans too uh that i for you sure know, see comments on your stuff that comment on our stuff and definitely i think it's 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 definitely it's ingrained in people's memory who grew up at a certain time. Mm -hmm. Just seeing those logos for both yeah. Canon and New World. There's just something yeah. about those logos that just... I had both... I, when I was in New York doing UCB, occasionally I'd wear a Canon or a New World t-shirt and just like kind of walk around and see who would be like, oh, I know, I know that, you know, yeah. Yeah. strike up a conversation at a bar or whatever. But um, yeah, it's just... It's just, it just stays with you i'm not i'm not exactly uh kind of like macho when people think of canon they think like macho movies and stuff mm -hmm. and that's totally the opposite of me and jeff but <laughs> it's just like that's what we grew up on so yeah kind of yeah and we look at it through the lens of now too so i think that yeah. though that's what a lot of pe people that did gravitate to those movies weren't all just macho guys you know yeah. like those canon movies were sort of like four people that you know were getting a taste of that and we're like yeah. i can't do that so i'll watch it from the comfort of my bedroom <laughs> right. you know, or whatever, living room, <laughs> wherever, wherever I can hook up a VCR to a TV. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I quickly learned that I couldn't put a bunch of pins in my head, but I could sit back and watch a guy with pins in his head <laughs> take everyone's soul. So, you know, you got to know I, where you got to know I, your station in life. You got to know, like, I will be 18 at one point, but I know if I get past that age, there's no way I'm ever going to be 18 again. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you again, Frank, for coming on the show. It was yeah, awesome having, having you. Please, everybody, yeah. check out the Canon Canon. Uh, like like Frank was saying, I think if you check this out and you haven't been listening to Canon Canon, yeah. you will absolutely love it. And I'm a fan of your podcast, so um, yeah, I I think that they complement each other well. So yes, thank you, yeah. thank, yes. You. Uh, thank you, thank I, you, thank you so much. Totally. So say hi to Jeff for us. I will. And, uh, thank I'll you have for to give you his here. information so that you can have him on too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That'd be great. Jeff and Mark will go crazy talking about music because oh, Mark yeah. is the <laughs> Jeff is also a musician and Mark, yep. you can see all those the synthesizers the synths, behind yeah. Mark there. So he does our theme music as well. So Oh, that's great. I love that theme music, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. So again, listen to uh, listen to the Canon Canon, listen to us. 
follow us on Letterbox. Frank will eventually see it. I will eventually see ours. <laughs> uh, and we'll see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.